I bring episode 9, My Father's Tales, entry 9. And before I get into to the um, tale of the day, I, I just wanted to say that, please understand that as I share these stories, I am trying very hard to keep them as honest as possible. I am trying to tell them honestly, the, the way things really were. I don't like it when people tend to rewrite history. And, and it is kind of a tendency to do that when you lose people you love and cherish and you miss them. And you only want to remember the happy stories and the positive stories. And of course, of course, that's great. But when you're retelling someone the stories of someone, it's I think it's it's important to me, I'll say, to to make it as honest as I can. I'm telling these through my eyes, through my life with within the family, with from my spot on the family tree, the food chain, as it were, my spot down the down the line. So all I can do is tell it from my perspective, obviously. And I'm, I want it to be, <clears throat> to be accurate, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and not glorified. My father um, was flawed and he was imperfect, but he gave so much and did so much. And these stories are fun for me to tell. And it's, it's uh, nice to have this to do while we're in COVID-19 lockdown in April of 2020 to revisit these these interesting tales of my father. But what I want you to also know is I'm the kind of person that would never betray anything that my father told me in confidence. And he knew that he had f- flaws and frailties, and we had very wonderful conversations about that, things that he shared with me that I would never publicly share because they were private conversations that he shared with me, not to be shared. They were just shared with me. And that is my creed and my motto that I, he, he had that. He had that. It's like, if it's something like I'm doing now, that are these fun stories, stories that he told uh, openly are things that I know he would get a kick out of hearing again and love the fact that I'm sharing them so that they can be kept for Kate his great-granddaughter to hear and to know, to know him in that way. It, that's all great and good, but I, I would never betray anyone's confidence uh, if uh, something that someone told me in private, please keep this as a confidence. I, I do. I, I never betray people's confidences, and I'm not betraying anything with my father. I just wanted to put that out there so that it is understood that these are all stories that he would love that I'm sharing. Nothing overly private that he ever shared with me that he would maybe not want trotted out in public. And I, I hold that same creed, personal conviction with everyone in my life. But um, my dad uh, always had a shop at home as well as uh, at, at his office. And I loved it when he would whistle because my dad could be moody as the day is long. He really could. He could he could have a thundercloud hanging over him <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, like we all do as adults and your children don't know and shouldn't know what troubles you. 
but uh, my dad also had a temper, and uh, he let you know uh, a lot of times when he was what it what it was that he was unhappy about. But what I loved would be to wake up, and he would be whistling, whether it would be in the house doing stuff or uh, from his from when I was younger, he he basically had a workshop, and then later on he added a lot of expensive machinery to his home shops, so he could he could do things. Uh, there but I always loved that it was like I can't whistle and so (laughs) I loved hearing him whistle or sing he would have the right he always had music playing uh, when he was uh, working he always had uh, radio going and and uh, he my dad was very precise in his work and Gary reminded me of this great story when he and I were talking about the stories that I would share and I want to bring Gary in to some of these because he has a lot of, of great stories about my dad, too. But he was helping my dad add an, an addition on to my parents' house um, at Lake Whitney. And they were working on the foundation. It was They were building on to the back of the house. And, they were, and, and my dad was very big on square, plum, level. And he had, he had the square, he had the plum, he had the level. And, and so I learned about it was, was through him. Gary and I have built several houses. We've had several properties and several custom homes from the ground up. And my dad would always show up during construction unannounced to, to check their work. He wanted our place to, you know, to be square and plum and level. And, and he did just that. And so he was very, he was a, he was a mathematician. He was very precise. He did instrumentations. Uh, he had to be precise. It mattered. So they're working away on the foundation. And up in the trees, not very close to my parents' property, was this man, this this old guy that, that my, my dad knew from elsewhere. He actually knew the, the guy's brother better than uh, than, than the guy that lived out there. and But he knew him too. And so this whole guy was nosy. He was just like a busybody. And he would, he always wanted to nose into other people's business. And he had his, wasn't a mobile home. It was a, a trailer and up in these, hidden up in these trees. And, but he, this guy could make a circle. He could leave his place, drive down by the lake, then come up by my parents. My parents' property was on the corner. So anyone that drove by could see what they were doing there on this uh, on this addition they were building from the street. They could see what they were doing. So he stopped. He pulled up, and it would just irritate Daddy because this old guy always had an opinion on everything, unsolicited. So he's watching and just just watching, and he asked, you know, what they were doing. And Daddy didn't tell him. I mean, he'd say, "Oh, we're just you know building on a you know we got some." Some work going on here, and he he wouldn't he wouldn't say that they were actually building an addition, and this foundation they were working on. Daddy had to level out and was checking, and if it wasn't level, then he would uh, have Gary do stuff to uh, help make it level. And they worked together as this really great team uh, on this on the it, Gary helped on the entire lake house, and on the the uh, addition that they were working on that day, and. I didn't truly, I needed him, Gary, here to tell it because he can tell it so funny. And Daddy could tell it really funny, too. And so this guy was leaning out the, the uh, 
<laughs> never got out, never offered to help. Let me, you know, let me help with, I'll move, while I'm here, I'll just move some, <laughs> some materials for you. Oh, no, he just stared and watched. And so he, he's uh, watching and he's, Daddy's checking the level. He says, uh, it's a little low on one end. And not only did Daddy not tell him, uh, you know, what they were building, but he never reacted to to that i don't believe to you know oh gee thanks for telling because uh the fact that this old guy was telling my dad (laughs) how to do that daddy had no respect for that if you had the knowledge yourself and if he had if this old guy had ever built anything then yeah okay my dad wasn't too good or too proud to uh, to take to take criticism or to say yeah you're right you know what i need to, i do need to bring that up a little bit but not this guy Mm-mm. so he never he, he my dad could be very stubborn very very stubborn gee i wonder where i get that <laughs> but my dad uh would uh, go to work very early he wanted to get there before anyone else and the shifts started he started people very early anyway and uh they started they started early and they got off early but he got there earlier and he would sit and read his paper and i know because there were times when i would you know as a kid go to work with him and my mother would be gone or there would be a need for me to be there and he would he always drank this very strong coffee he drank it black very very strawberry. I couldn't drink his coffee. It's too strong for me. But he would pour it into a cup. He always used a cup and saucer. And he would pour the coffee into the saucer and then sip it from that until it cold. I always thought that was so funny, crazy, weird. <laughs> but that was his way of doing reading the paper and starting his, his day. But he would enter the building from the back. And my dad had a, a, this back office where he would read the paper and stuff. And then a, and then a front office where he did the the brainiac work took place in the front office where he could close the door and be, uh, you know, concentrate on things he needed to design. And this one morning, uh, he came where the, uh, where the office was there in Fort Worth, Texas, the neighborhood began to change. And so he, he saw this guy, uh, he parked at the back of the building, and there was an alleyway back there between houses and an industrial area. And he got a glimpse of this guy, and he, he didn't react. He just went on in, and he knew the guy opened the door and followed him in. And as he came in, my dad didn't even turn around. He just reached over as he walked past a machine and picked up, uh, quietly picked up a pipe. And the guy, as... Uh, as my dad got up near where the uh, Coke machine and, and the, where the, the little food items were that they had back there, uh, he told my dad to give him all the money from the machine. And my dad just in one, he, he said he just turned, my dad wasn't bragging, he just told the story that he had to tell the police. He just turned around and popped the guy in the leg. He didn't want to really, you know, you know kill the guy or anything, but he wanted to... Uh, to uh, make him uh, where he was not ambulatory so that he could call the police. And he just popped him in the legs. And uh, and uh, he was not ambulatory. And my dad just went over, uh, picked up the phone. And other people told this, that he just uh, picked up the phone and, and called the police, sat down and had his coffee while the guy was laying there, <laughs> uh, incapacitated. But 
my dad was like that. He, I'll come back to, I'm going to talk more about the shop, but he would, uh, they were, this is, again, was before I was born, but he would, they were at the park, one day there's a park called Trinity Park in Fort Worth, Texas, and he, they were there with my, he was there uh, with my mom, my sister, and uh, this woman started screaming that, grab him, grab him, he stole my purse. And my dad just happened to be at the right place at the right time. And he grabbed, the guy ran past him, and he grabbed him and cold cocked him and and got the woman's purse back, and he held him there until the police came. And the guy's like, don't hit me anymore. And they wrote this story up in the Fort Worth Star Telegram about my dad saving the day for this woman with her purse. That was the kind of, of, of man my dad was. <laughs> you don't mess with my dad. But... Back to the to the uh, company that where he was, they the company in the beginning primarily in the beginning they did uh, instrumentation for the, they worked with oil fields out in far west Texas and he would have to go out there periodically, but he did a lot of design for instrumentations they used out in the field, <clears throat> and these trucks would come in, <clears throat> excuse me, and they were sleek and. They were almost like buses without windows on the sides, and they were—they looked very Art Deco. They really were very cool. And he designed a lot of the instrumentation for, and then it would go into production for these trucks for uh, the oil fields of West Texas. And I used to have a picture of myself on one of the sitting on one of those trucks. They were bright blue. They were really, really very pretty. But my dad. When he went into the Army for World War II, I didn't exist, but there is a, 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 according to the GI Bill, when you come back to work uh, after the war, you get your old job back and your old pay and everything. And there's actually a line in an Elvis Presley movie about that. My sister was a big Elvis fan, and she took me to see a movie called Blue Hawaii, and then we saw it 50 million times after that together. <clears throat> and I still like that movie, actually. But there was a line in it where Elvis Presley says, there, I get my old job back, according to the GI Bill. And my, when my dad came back, my dad, being a really so talented in his field, was pretty much he was always the boss in my life, and he went pretty much from being an apprentice to being heading heading up the teams. And so when he got back, someone else had his. He got a job back at the company, but someone else had his title, and he went to battle for that, and he got that back according to the GI Bill. And he also realized when he got his first paycheck that uh, he didn't get his old payback. So he went to battle for that, and he got that too. But the thing about the, the where he worked, in the back office where I always came in, where you had the, the Coke machine, the Coke machine stayed the same forever. Coke never replaced it. It stayed the same. It was an honor system. You opened a door and you pulled the Cokes out. And... But they he had a they had they worked with different vendors. One was Tom's, and they bought uh, snack foods from Tom's and candy, which there's another entry I can do about Halloween and candy from Tom's. But there was a a jar, a big it's big like a canister really, where the candy went. In, some some of the smaller candies went into that, and it has the the Tom's logo on it, and the lid was bright red. And 
that was where I always went. I grabbed a load because it was a variety, and I'd grab all this candy out of out of the Tom's jar. And when he retired, I said, "Oh, be sure to grab that Tom's canister, that glass canister, because I love it. We have to have it. It's my I've known that canister my whole life, and I had." And and he did. He grabbed it. And he got the the uh, top is uh, the the red had kind of worn off and looked kind of uh, like when paint kind of begins to uh, to come off and it it kind of changes colors. Anyway, when my mom passed away, he gave it to me, and I have it now. I've it has traveled with me since then, and I it's traveled all over the place with me, and it is sitting in our kitchen right now on the counter, filled with different things it's filled with uh, granola with that uh, you know breakfast bars but it's also filled with junior mints and Reese's peanut butter cups but my dad was stubborn he could be very uh, temperamental he had a temper that he would demonstrate my dad let me tell you used salty language and he used it in front of everyone he was honest like that if you didn't like his language hit the road move on because that's who he was and he was true to himself in that way he was what he was and and uh, I used the salty language myself and while he was flawed and he certainly wasn't perfect he did so many things that I need to share and I'm going to share and I hope that I'm doing them justice but I am trying to do them honestly without rewriting my father's tales. <laughs>